This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And I had a conversation that we will play next week with NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah about a number of Bears topics. And one of them was what you just mentioned. The idea that there has been a firm acknowledgement inside the building at House Hall that this is going to take multiple drafts, perhaps three or four of them to get this thing back right because of where the Bears are coming from as a 14-loss team with a, with a roster that's completely blown up. And when you zoom out, you know we're, we're conditioned to look at it. All we see is mock drafts of the top 10, mock drafts of the first round, and think that that's the be-all, end-all. Well, now you're talking about, okay, how do we assemble um, you know, three or four? And I asked Daniel Jeremiah specifically, with that internal acknowledgement, what do you do inside a building to reset – expectations and 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 kind of establish a bullseye so you don't get caught up in the pressure to fix everything now 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 and think that that you know every single selection you make has to be the be all end all what he said to me was fascinating and and the conversation was um, almost along the lines of big goal, little goal. And if the big goal is to ultimately become a championship contender, the, the little goal is to try and figure out what 2023 is all about. 2023, by all estimations, is about getting a fair and comprehensive evaluation on Justin Fields so that when we get into February of 2024, we have a better understanding on whether the Bears should stay the course at that position. So in a nutshell, what Daniel Jeremiah said is, Ryan Poles should be hell-bent on addressing the offense. That in some ways you, you treat 2023 as an offensive and quarterback evaluation year more than you treat it as a team evaluation year. And as tricky as that gets, and I know you'll have some thoughts on that in a minute, you have a, a, uh, a mission here to, to figure out who Justin Fields is. And so to that point, establish the no excuses to or get him as many offensive gifts in this draft as you can, linemen, pass catchers, running backs, whatever it may be, and then get that full evaluation so that when we get to this time next year, you know exactly where, um, you know, your GPS is set. I might respectfully disagree if I were having that conversation with a Daniel Jeremiah. And I also would offer that because of what happened in 2022, I thought what you just described is what we just experienced. Wasn't 2022 to find out what you have in Justin Fields? Yes. They believe that they have a quarterback that they weren't going to back away from 
or else this draft would be treated entirely different. We wouldn't be talking about the number nine pick. They'd be keeping the number one pick, and they'd be going after Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or whoever, or, the, or Will Levis, the guy who eats bananas with the peel on him and has coffee with mayonnaise, by the way. That should drop him and eliminate him from many draft boards. But I think that that was what I thought last season was all about, was figuring out what you had a quarterback. Here's, I would argue – I mean – Here's how I distinguish that, and then and then I'll get your thoughts on it. Because it's it is an interesting topic of conversation. For me, 2022 was figuring out does Justin Fields have the potential to be your forever quarterback? I think you answered that with a yes. 2023 is about answering the question: is Justin Fields your forever quarterback? Potential goes out the window, and you have to see things from him as a passer, as a as a playmaker, as a guy who can run an offense at, at a high level consistently every single week uh, to make opposing defenses okay. scared. Okay. That that keeps you on that course, you know, because because there is a possibility right now that we get to the end of 2023 and say Justin isn't the end. Possibly, possibly. But at some point in time, and, and maybe this can be a public service, but like at some point in time, I, I hope that people remember that evaluating quarter, a quarterback and what he means to your franchise, you can't totally neglect the defense. You cannot totally neglect no. one side of the ball and expect to to concentrate fully on the on the offense in the draft because you need to get everything out of this quarterback that may or may not be the answer. I think you've committed to him enough. You know, you get if you get your first round offensive tackle, great. Or if you get an offensive tackle, that's it. At some point in time, you've got to devote some resources to a defense or else you're going to get you're not going to be able to stop anybody and get your quarterback put him in a position to play complimentary football at all because it's a myth in Chicago complimentary football nobody cares about the defense anymore all everyone cares about if we go through another season where everything is about making the quarterback look good and getting him his weapons and an offensive line I get it we're they've done that now they're doing that now you got to get somebody who's going to stop somebody or else you're going to be really in that hole for a long, long time. Well, just to be fair to what Daniel Jeremiah was saying, I don't think he was saying totally neglect the defense and use all 10 draft picks on offensive players or, you know, devote your entire bin of resources to your offense. It's just make that the priority. Yeah, make, I don't, I make, don't make, make, him. I just make, Yeah, no, I, I, cause I, I, but I do think it's a valuable discussion to have because, it, you know, it, it does set up for the possibility of, of you know, make sure that, that you're not getting swept away with the idea of we have to compete at a high level in 2023 because it's not realistic from where they're coming from and so if you if you take those baby steps and you say well 2023 we have to show that we can play offense at a higher level with a quarterback that we think has the chance to break through and become a guy that we pay 250 million dollars in the not too distant future well then you set things up so that that evaluation and that uh springboard can be established for him and if he hits the springboard and still falls on his face then you say okay we've got to move in a different direction i think it's not necessarily the you know the be all end all to how you make decisions but it does provide a compass in certain situations where if you are kind of torn, well, I don't know if we want to go player A, player B, player C here. Okay. When in doubt, steer towards whatever is going to give you the best possible chance of evaluating Justin Fields at the deepest level. And then, you know, you make the decisions that are no brainers. If, 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 if in, you know, round two at, at pick 53, you know, it, it's clearly a defensive player, a hundred percent. You take that guy and, and, and you don't look back. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there's going to be uh, – I, I just think that that's going to be your fail-safe. You're going to maybe offense and you want to lean that way. Okay. I, I guess I just want to – they're going to be able to go to the 
draft the podium on draft night and defend anybody they pick. Of course. Because they have so many needs. And I just don't want them to be totally you know, deflated as a fan base or people to be like so disappointed if they pick a defensive player, whether it's a tackle, whether it's uh, an edge rusher, whether it's a cornerback, which brings us to my next point. Yeah. And I think that when you look at what happened around the league to, on Tuesday, and I wonder how it could affect like everything that happens in the NFL could affect the Bears, could affect this draft. The Lions traded Jeffrey Okuda to the Atlanta Falcons for a fifth round draft pick. Jeffrey Okuda is a cornerback who was a third overall pick a couple of years ago, and he never lived up to his potential. He's from Ohio State. I think it's very early, unless there's things that I'm sure we are not privy to, but I think it's very early to give up on a cornerback you draft that high. So I wonder, the Falcons, don't they draft eighth right in front of the Bears? They do. They're going to be less inclined now to go after a cornerback because they have addressed that need, or in theory, I would think that would be the case. That may mean the Bears could be in a position to take the number one cornerback off the board. Maybe it's Devon Witherspoon. Maybe it's somebody else. How would you feel about that? Yeah, exactly. Well, Colleen Kane and I are in the process of of putting together a very, very deep big board for the number nine overall pick. And right now it's 12 players long. And those two guys are on that list, Devon Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez, as guys who could make sense for the Bears with that pick if that's the direction they wanted Who's to go. Higher? Who's higher? Who do you hire right now? Witherspoon. Okay. okay. Yeah, I, I think I that – well, no, I mean, Leo, I Colleen, know, is, I know. Colleen is also an Illini. I know. Um, but, but you talk to people around the league and you just – you you see the star potential in Witherspoon. And there, there's a lot of things to like about Christian Gonzalez as well in terms of the athleticism, the ability to play some press man coverage, to be a guy that that can can really give you some things outside as a cornerback. Um to your point, like one of the advantages of being this bad is that you can justify anything, you know, because you don't have ready-made difference makers at every position on the roster. Uh, you need more of them at every single position that you have. And so you can make a move in any direction you want to make it as long as you can explain it, as long as you can develop that player, as long as you have a plan then to to pivot um, in other directions around that. And that's why I say like, it's really critical, particularly inside the walls there to not feel um, suffocated by day one of the draft, because you're going to have an opportunity here to play chess throughout the weekend and to move around at, at, at points on the board where, where you see fit and where you see value and, and try to put together a class of, you know, ideally 10 to 12 players that gives you something here. People think that the bears, you know, again, they'll make the first pick in round three, and at that point, they'll have four players in their draft class. There's a, a sense that all four of those guys can and probably should be starting in week one in September. You know, so if you're talking about adding four starters and, you know, essentially what it was it going to be like, a, uh, you know, a 43 hour span or whatever it is at that point. That's a pretty big deal for this team. And, and it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. I think that's why it's important for fans to go into this draft with an open mind and maybe, you know, the executives as well, but I, you're going to have to be in a position to be, uh, you can, you can look at it however you want people. I don't really care, but I just think that it'd be wiser for your own mental health and blood pressure to go in with an open mind. So you're not disappointed if they get to the podium, and they pick somebody that you really, really are vehemently opposed to. They have so many needs that they can justify and rationalize anybody uh, again, short and even even the high risk guys that I mentioned that I might be, you know, 
wary of, they can justify because oh, of sure. the ceiling on a Jalen Carter or a Tyrese Wilson, somebody like that. There might be some risks involved, but the rewards in their minds are worth it. So, okay, let's wait and see.